friends, you're listening to Crickets to Cha-Chings, a show where we talk about all aspects of running a handmade business and marketing that business for success while still keeping a balance to have flexibility for your family. I'm your host, Lauren Keplinger, and I am so excited to get started. Let's jump right in. everybody and welcome back to another episode of Crickets Chicha Chings. My name is Lauren and today with me I have Angela Sheehan and I am really excited to talk with her about her journey as an Etsy shop owner and sort of what has made her stand out and what has been key parts of her path as she's walked this journey. So welcome Angela. Thank you so much for having me Lauren. I'm super excited to be on your show. Yeah. So can you kind of introduce yourself and tell people what you do and how you got started on Etsy and all of that? Sure. Uh, My name's Angela Sheehan. My shop is Punabaloo. I got started on Etsy sort of, I guess not by mistake, but it wasn't really my original plan. I had started painting anthropomorphic food, I guess you would say, or plants with, I guess, pun labels. So like, the first thing I painted was a succulent and I finished this little cute succulent drawing and my husband was like, okay, now put suck it under there. And I was like, okay, whatever. And then I put it on Facebook and my friends were cracking up and telling me I should sell them. And then I made a couple more. I did Romaine Calm, which is my most popular pun to date. And um, people just kept telling me like, you need to sell these. So I went and I found a local printer and I had someone design a website and I was just going to do social media and sell like on my e-commerce site with a local printer and the local printer just sort of turned out not to work out very well. So I decided to pivot and try print on demand instead. And um, I used Printify and they integrate perfectly with Etsy. So I switched to that And while I was waiting for my website to be built, I just was like, I'm going to rip the mandate off and just get in there and start an Etsy shop and see how it goes. So I really didn't do any research or anything. I just signed up for it and started posting things. (laughs) My first listings were terrible. I had not even filled out all the tags. My description was like, here's a lettuce pun, you should buy it. And that's the size of the mug. <laughs> and uh, the titles were just like Romaine Calm Mug. Somehow I ended up selling stuff right out of the gate. I think it was because it was like, you know, Christmas shopping season of 2020. And we still had COVID. And so people were just all over the internet, Christmas shopping. So that was sort of how it started. <laughs> Okay, so now we're about a year into this, if you started last year, shortly before Christmas. So yeah, so that's been a lot for you. That's a lot of uh, growth. And, you know, in looking at your shop, like you have a very filled out shop now that looks very hearty and lots of options and your mock-ups are great. Like kind of how did you go from, you know, just dabbling a little bit and working with a local printer, which I feel like has its own good and bad things <laughs> about it. Yeah. Working with a company, did you say Printify? Is that who you said you use? Yeah, that's my POD printer company. Okay. 
So finding a print-on-demand company and like deciding what kind of products you wanted to make and sort of what direction that you were going in. Was there a point along the way that you were like, I'm going to focus mainly on t-shirts or mainly on food or like, how did that kind of unfold? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I've always been obsessed with food and like anthropomorphizing with inanimate, I can't even talk, inanimate objects. So it was like normal for me to just like draw a character and have it be food that was like a person. I guess that sounds kind of weird, but I was always the weird kid. So I just kept drawing vegetables. I don't know what my fixation was. I'm a vegetarian. Maybe that's it. So once I kind of got on that path with painting food puns, I just sort of stuck with it because I've done a lot of different creative projects. And the one thing that I really learned over the years is that it's really important to niche down, as you always say, and to work on a brand. So I decided to stick with food puns, which actually turns out a lot of people love them. (laughs) (laughs) So that's sort of how I stumbled into like food and plants and stuff like that. What was your other question? Oh, how did I get to t-shirts? Yeah, or just like kind of the process of developing your shop. You know, I'm looking at your shop right now and you have 172 listings and this shop is only like a year old. So that's a lot of development over the past year. At first, I just sort of like did trial and error. Like I asked my friends and family because they were so cool when I opened and like what really supported me, like what they wanted. And since I opened at Christmas, I did some markets. So I think it's really important to try selling in person if you can, because you get really great feedback and you can see what people gravitate towards and like what's working for you and what's not like in real time. Yeah. So I discovered at Christmas that like people love coffee mugs as gifts. So that was like my biggest seller last year. I was really focused on that. And then in January, the coffee mugs sort of just like fell off the face of the earth. Also, I went and tweaked all my listings in a panic after my sales went down after Christmas. And I just messed everything up even worse, which I think a lot of people do by mistake. So as I was sort of like poking around and getting rid of things that didn't really sell, like my aprons didn't sell that great. And some other things, pillows didn't, but I still have them up there. I don't know why I can't get rid of them. I decided like, well, you know, everybody says t-shirts is are really saturated and no one will ever find you if you do t-shirts. But I was like, whatever, these would just look really good on t-shirts. So I threw a couple t-shirts up and like right away, like the Romaine Calm t-shirt just started selling pretty fast and so far has been my best seller. And I was shocked because again, everybody tells you don't bother with t-shirts, but so far t-shirts have been in person and online my best selling item. Why do you think that is? So like I want to dig into that a little bit. Because that is something that is so commonly thrown around like, oh, well, you might as well not even try because it's already such a saturated market, which I mean, you know, I always say like, I think every market is pretty saturated. But what do you think has made that difference in your products? Like you didn't start 10 years ago on Etsy. So it's not that you've had this like long sales history. So, you know, to jump in just a year ago with t-shirts... What do you think was what made you stand out? 
I just think that I have my own style of drawing and I haven't really ever seen anybody that draws quite like me and I can't really draw like anybody else. So I think because I niche down to that food pond market and like plants and vegan and yoga sort of lifestyle. And then I have my unique like take on puns, like some of my puns, I haven't seen anybody else ever do the ones that I have seen people do. I didn't know they did them. If I see one, I try not to paint it just because then it's, I don't know, it's not as fun for me. So I just think it's because of my own unique style. It stands out from like someone that's just doing like a simple print like maybe one or two colors or it's like a saying you've seen 500 times or you know the artworks maybe oversimplified because I mean I try to really add a lot of like depth and make it look like uh, you know a piece of art that you could just like hang up at home except goofy (laughs) okay so that was kind of a leading question and you gave me the answer that I wanted to hear (laughs) which was I agree with you like you have a very distinct and really unique style of art and it is such a I don't want to say it's like a narrow market because I think that there is a wide appeal but you know you're not creating a shirt with like a Christmas tree on it, you know, like you're creating something that is very unique. And so it's going to appeal to a certain type of person. And like, for the people that are not looking at her shop right now, her romaine calm t-shirt is like meditating or doing yoga or something calming. (laughs) (laughs) So like, that is a very It's a very specific like kind of person that would be interested in that. And I feel like a lot of times that desire to appeal to everyone, like people will, you know, create a shirt that says like mom on it. And they're like, but anybody who's a mom could buy it. And I'm like, okay, but yeah, but like, there's nothing really special about it. (laughs) You know, like, it's just like every other mom shirt that you've seen, but yours are so unique. And I agree with you that I think that those are the reasons that you've had success with it, even though it's a crowded market, because you're offering a unique angle on something. Yeah, I think that's definitely, as you say, my secret sauce is just that I have a very unique style and take on things. And so it it makes me stand out. And I also agree with what you said about the in-person events. I actually haven't done a lot of in-person events myself, but I think that that's a really good way. Like when I was first starting, even though I didn't do a lot of in-person sales events, I did a lot with in-person like friends and stuff, getting feedback and giving stuff to people and asking for their opinions and blah, blah, blah. And I think that an in-person sales event is an even better way of doing that versus just like your friends who have no real skin in the game. But being able to get that real-time feedback, like you said, where you can set up a table full of stuff and see not only what people say to you in response to your products, but also like what catches people's eyes, what makes them stop at your table or your booth or whatever. And like draws them in because sometimes it is hard on the internet. Like, I mean, you can get that feedback with your stats and stuff, but it's obviously a lot slower. (laughs) 
Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you don't get your name out as well, like locally, if you're just sitting online and, you know, you meet all different types of artists that you can collaborate with. I mean, the downside to it is everybody has an opinion, right? So it'll be like, well, you should put this on this and you should put it on baby bibs and you should put it on that. I'm like, I'll go bankrupt buying all those products. And it's not (laughs) my target demographic. Like I had this lady (laughs) that was like, oh, well, we're in Florida. So you should put seashells and seahorses. And I was like, excuse me, ma'am, I paint food puns and that's not seashells. And she's like, Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Like you're actually asking me to just completely change the products that I'm selling. (laughs) Yeah. So people always have suggestions. So you have to like balance it out with like listening to your gut and like what you want and where you want to go and like sort of I guess what's in your heart and also taking in feedback like you know you had told me kids shirts would be great and so I I definitely agreed with that and I've sold a couple of those and then of course I went into a rabbit hole because I had like five people in person ask me to do toddler shirts so now I have to put toddler shirts up (laughs) yeah I agree with you. I think that there's a balance between listening to feedback and hearing what people are saying so that you can kind of get, you know, especially if you have like multiple people asking for the same thing. So you can kind of register in your mind, okay, this is something that I've heard versus people who are saying, you know, like, can you do this thing that's like completely not in line with where you're trying to go with your business? And you're like, okay, sure. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So you mentioned after Christmas last year that the sales kind of dropped off, which is a little bit scary for everybody, but also does happen for almost everybody after the holidays. And I always tell people, and I'm sure you've seen me say it in the Scale Your Sales group, like that it's really hard until you've been in business for multiple years to know what those trends look like in your own shop. So then, you know, the first year or even sometimes the first two years, like you have a really busy season and then you have a slower season and you're like, Oh God, it's all going away and (laughs) nobody's ever going to buy anything again. But you know, until you've been in business for a little while, it's hard to see those patterns. So what kind of happened as you moved forward into the year after the initial holiday season? So I found marmalade and I was like (laughs) going on there or no, sorry, it was E-Rank. I found E-Rank and it like, of course, was like, oh, your listings are terrible. And I was like, oh, no, I've got to get an A now. <laughs> so I went through my whole shop and just basically tanked it and redid everything. So I did an E-Rank A and it took like a couple of months. Actually, it was after I started your course where my sales started to recover once I learned like, don't try to get like an A on Marmalade and E-Rank. And, you know, really focus on your ideal customer. Yes. I like kind of love hearing you say that because I have like a somewhat passionate dislike for those programs, (laughs) like a little bit too passionate for what's appropriate, I feel. But I have heard this story like over and over and over again, where people are like, I joined these programs and then I revamped my shop and now it's doing worse than it was before. (laughs) I'm like... (laughs) That's pretty much how it seems to happen. (laughs) Yeah. And I tried Marmalade for like a couple of months. And then like, I thought, well, maybe with your course, like it'll just help me because, you know, sometimes like you get burned out on 
SEO and you're like, I just can't even think of any more keywords. Like my brain doesn't work. So I tried using Marmalade and really it didn't help at all. Like it would either tell me everything was super saturated and too vague or like it was so niche that no one ever searched for it. And I'm like, but people are going to my shops with these keywords and buying my products. So how is it not working? Yeah. Yeah, I have found it to be really not a great resource in terms of accuracy of like of those kinds of things like and I, I know I've talked about this before but you know like some of the listings that I have that it will say like the search volume is so low on this but then I look at my own stats and I'm like that's my top keyword that people are coming in for like my shop so I don't know where they get their information from and exactly how that works but but I am glad that you were able to recover. <laughs> and then did you see, you know, like, have you figured out what kind of seasonality your shop is going to have or what you think it will have? Yeah. So Christmas is my big season because my stuff makes really great gifts. And even the rest of the year, a lot of people buy stuff as like fun gifts for their friends. So Christmas, definitely. And then January, February, it slows down a lot. And then it started picking up from March and through June. And then July, it was just like, (laughs) pump the brakes. There's there's like tons of visits and then lots of favorites, but really not a lot of sales. So I was like sort of freaking out then, but like I was smart enough to not go and mess with everything. I was like, okay, well, I'll just, because I found Placeit, which is a great tool for mock-ups, which is wonderful for like, if you do POD, I'm sure we talked about it. So I discovered Placeit and I just went in and started adding pictures and stuff to all my listings. And then it's pretty bad, but it took me like eight months to realize that you had to be on a desktop and adjust your thumbnail or it would look terrible in search. And I'm like, how have I sold anything? This was awful. That's funny. (laughs) Yeah, it was awful. I do want to just for people that are listening also make the point that, you know, because you said like July, the sales were really low, but people were still coming into your shop. So for me, when I'm looking at stats, when that happens, like your SEO is what brings people into your shop. So if you're still getting all of that traffic into your shop and people just aren't buying, it means your SEO is still working. So like, cause a lot of people, times people will say like, my traffic has stayed the same, but my sales have decreased. And I'm like, and even in looking at my own shop, when I have dips in it, it's like, as long as that traffic stays the same, then I know that it's not really a problem with my listing. Like my listing is still bringing in visitors. It's just that, especially if it's sold in the past. So, you know, it has a sales history that, you know, the listing will convert and people like the product and stuff. Like there's just a seasonality sometimes that people, you know, like my slowest months seem to be the same year over year, even though it doesn't seem to be like have a lot of rhyme or reason as to why those would be the slowest. (laughs) But, you know, I mean, you have to have some busy months and some slow months. I can't always be busy. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy because in August, I had the most visits I ever had. I broke a thousand visits, but I had, I don't know, like 16 sales. So my conversion rate was horrible. And I'm like, oh no, I hope my conversion rate can can recover from this. And then it started picking up in September and then October was the best month that I had since last Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping November turns out to be good. I have a couple markets this weekend that are pretty big. 
Yeah, that's exciting. So now you're a year into this. Where do you see this going for the future? What are your goals for the future with it? So my goal for the upcoming year is I want to start an email mailing list, go harder on Pinterest because I just started learning Pinterest. I finally got into the Pinterest module. It took me forever. So grow Pinterest, uh, get an email list together, and I want to get into retail. And eventually I want to be like you and quit my day job and just draw silly food puns all day and make people laugh and (laughs) sell them. I think that's great. And I think that you do have a product that I'm always kind of envious with people that don't have personalized products because that ability to like wholesale or get into retail type places is so much more available with like, for me, it's really hard to do that because I'm personalizing everything. But that would be a really neat next step to go from, you know, your Etsy shop and your website and everything to being able to have like some space in a brick and mortar store. Yeah, I actually just got a sublimation printing set up for mugs because it was just too expensive to have an outside printer print them for me and sell them in person. So I was able to get the cost down a lot. So my next goal is to get some mugs into some stores like in January, February, where I'm slow and not running all over the place doing markets and answering emails. So I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, that is exciting. Well, Angela, if people are looking for your shop and want to check out what you have going on and buy some veggie puns for their favorite yogi, uh, where can they find you? My website is punabaloo.com and then my shop is punabaloo, which is a word I made up and now I just confuse people, but I'm sticking with it because I paid for the trademark. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's P-U-N-A-B-A-L-L-O-O for people who are looking for it. Correct. (laughs) Angela, thank you so much for doing this with me and congratulations on what you have done over the last year and like just diving headfirst into this venture. And I can't wait to see what the next year brings you in your business. Thank you so much. And I just want everyone out there that thinks that they can just go in there perfectly and research everything to death. Just jump in headfirst and it will work out. That's just the way the universe goes. (laughs) Yeah. Trial by fire. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you again for doing this. No problem. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for tuning in. I would love to continue this conversation and connect with you over on Instagram. I am at lauren.keplinger and I am in my DMs and interacting with people all the time. So if you have questions about the episode, follow up, thoughts, comments, whatever, shoot me a DM and I would love to connect with you. I will see you back here, same time, same place next week. Bye for now.